Welcome to the coolest people on the planet to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach, and I'm so glad that you could join us for confession number 10, Agency Thrives When There is Choice. Before we get into this podcast, I just wanted to let you know that um, we've done some updates to episode 9. So go to our website at thinkchat2020.weebly.com for some more specific um, strategies and ways of how you can build voice within our students. So as you compare voice and choice, there are so many similarities that can be difficult to determine them apart. I think the difference is that students voice how they want to learn. And then teachers help them co-create choices with the process and the product. Choice can be a double-edged sword at times. It doesn't mean that we allow students to make all of the decisions in their learning without context. Imagine a seven-year-old child trying to navigate reading chapter books for the first time without guidance from the teacher. They would very, very quickly become frustrated by the length of the text and the increased usage of vocabulary and literary devices. They need guidance and practice with reading chapter books first before they can explore a variety of genres on their own. As an educator, I found the times when I had the most impact on student learning was when I was given the choice to teach according to my own style. When I taught in Dubai at an IB Continuum International School, I was allowed a lot of flexibility. And I was allowed to deviate from the unit planner to infuse my favorite engagements and tools that resonated with me and I found most effective. Each week, our team would meet with our coordinator and we'd share ideas and resources. At the same time, we respected each other's wishes to use what we felt would best meet our students' needs. But we always agreed on the same introduction to the unit, the format of assessments throughout the unit, and the summative task at the end. This allowed us to speak to the same end goal, but our individual journeys were allowed to be a bit different based on the needs of our students' wonderings. So how do we break down choice for our students so it's tangible? Let's get out that agency continuum we used in our last episode. We're going to continue to use it for this episode and the next, so be sure to keep it handy. We're going to use it to assess our current usage of choice in our classroom and make goals for this year. Remember, we're thinking about what stage we're currently at, and we're trying to make a goal of where we like to go next and have that be our goal on our agency continuum. Remember, be realistic when making your goals so you don't end up frustrated with the process. More than anything else, the process is more important than the product. The choice continuum has five stages that students go through. These are fluid stages that go from teacher-driven to student-driven, so let's take a deeper look. So at the first stage, you the students are a participant. The teacher provides a choice of activities for the learners to complete, and they decide which one 
they're going to work on. Okay, but let's be clear, the teacher is the driver. They're doing all the thinking. Then you come to the next stage of co-designer, where the teacher will point out certain options, but the learners get to choose what the from those options. So, oh, I need to clarify. A participant, the teacher provides the choices of activities and the learners complete them. They don't really have a choice necessarily. The code designer is the students get to choose. So let's be clear on that difference. Then the designer, this is where the first step where the learner is taking a little bit more control and they choose the ideas they want to explore. Then once they design a little bit, then they're able to become an advocate. At this stage, the learner identifies a problem that they see in the world or see within their community, and they design an action plan that they think is going to be feasible to fix that problem. And then finally, there's entrepreneur. The learner is driven by their passions and create a business or an opportunity to that's a niche within a market. I used to think that giving choice boards and multiple options of attestation was creating agentic learners. And as I look at this continuum, I realize that the learner must be leading the learning in order to reach even the halfway point. This requires a lot of faith on our parts to give up control. And as we go back to teachers are the biggest control freaks, we have a hard time because we feel so many things need to be taught within a year and within a unit. And so giving up that control is a huge ask. But if we are eager to bring more choice in our classrooms, how do we do it practically, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to present some steps to help you make that happen. But remember, choice, any of these continuums, whether it be choice or whether it be voice or ownership, it takes time. So be kind to yourself. So we're going to present some easy ways for you to break it down. Pick one or two that you think you can work on and master this year going to be different for everyone because your needs, your strengths, your life experiences, all of those things factor in to what you're going to choose. And don't compare yourself with the teacher down the hallway because they've got deficiencies and strengths in different areas um, that you might not even see. All right, so let's get started. Content. So thinking about your content, we're going to think about from the lens of content that we're going to tell our learners the content that will be covered in the unit. But instead of us designing the learning engagements, we ask them to help us come up with ways for this content to be explored. And they're going to help us to co-create a list of the most important facts that need to be learned and design experiences on how they're going to be studied. So that's one way we can explore choice and content. Another way is questions. We talked about level questions um, previously. So we're going to get our 
learners to ask these level questions. So the research and learning are more, more enriching. This will allow them to be more independent and broaden their, you know, their potential topics to be explored. Third option is materials. We will allow learners to decide which materials will be most appropriate for their learning needs when acquiring new knowledge. It's going to be different for each student. They know themselves best and what tools are going to help them to best grasp abstract ideas. Another possibility is learning space. Provide fluidity in the learning space so students can decide how to use it best when they're learning. Allow them to have some flexible seating options, possibly individual or partner carpets. I did this a lot. Cushions that they can move into little nooks and crannies and other materials for creating student-driven learning spaces. Ooh, giving up that control. Strategies. Challenge learners to reflect upon and investigate a variety of strategies that will support their understanding of new content. Have them come up with, hey, here's a pool of strategies that we've used before. We think this might work for this engagement. Allow them to come up with half of the toolkit that's being used. Another way is to get them to choose organizers or visible thinking routines, any of these learning tools that will support the strategies and content development. Allow your learners to choose their own organizers or their own tools that reinforces independent thinking and most importantly, transfer of knowledge. Another possible consideration is format. Encourage the learners in your classroom to share their understanding of a variety of platforms. How are they going to share what they've learned and how they've learned it? Are they going to use vlogs, so video logs like YouTube? Are they going to create a blog post because they're a better writer? Podcasts because they love to speak but they don't want to be on film. Collaboration platforms such as Padlet or Canvas where they can share their ideas in a non-threatening way and be able to have a chance to edit their ideas should they evolve. Video formats such as Flipgrid where they can share snippets of ideas and collaborate with each other and so much more. How about possible grouping? Who's going to direct the grouping that happens in the learning? Allow them to take a little bit more ownership based on the task requirements. Allow your students and encourage your students to allow them to regroup regularly so they can maximize the learning from multiple perspectives in the classroom. Will they initially choose their friends of course, this is the nature of children. But after a while, they're going to recognize the strength and areas of growth of each other and challenge each other beyond the groupings you would choose.
Another possibility is projects. Celebrate the learning through a variety of projects and allow learners to guide how it will be shared with the learning community. Choice opens up the scope of how learning is created, processed and shared with the community. It's dynamic and it allows students to become more involved in the learning process. You need to just have more faith that in releasing the control that it's going to be worth it. And I hope you've seen the relationship between voice and choice. They go so hand in hand with each other. Now, what will you choose to focus on this year to help your students garner more choice in their learning? For more resources, go to thinkchat2020.weebly.com for more resources to support this. We hope to see you again in our next episode. So glad you're here. You're doing a great job. You're showing up. You're being supportive in such uncertain times. That's a choice to be happy, to be motivating, and to help your students shine. Have a wonderful day and see you in our next episode.